Every week on the Marketing Made Simple podcast, we give you the tips and tricks you need to make your marketing easy and make it work. And one of the best ways to create great marketing is to clarify your message using the Story Brand Framework, which shows you how to invite your customer into a clear story with great marketing, positioning them as the hero and you as their guide. So if you are ready to overhaul your marketing and messaging using the StoryBrand framework, you need to register for our upcoming StoryBrand Marketing Workshop live stream, which is February 28th through March 1st at storybrand.com slash live. What happens is over two days, we take two days and you can actually through that process, clarify your message and create a marketing plan to grow your business. You get a coach that will come alongside you so you know you're doing it right. It's so easy and it's just two days. Register now for the StoryBrand Marketing Workshop live stream February 28th through March 1st at storybrand.com slash live. The Gold Digger Podcast, hosted by Jenna Kutcher, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. The Gold Digger Podcast helps you discover your dream career with productivity tips, social strategies, business hacks, inspirational stories, and so much more. Here's an episode that I loved and you should check out. It's called She Got Laid Off and Launched an Innovative Virtual Assistant Company. How amazing is that? In this episode, Jenna talks to Bobby Rest set about the virtual assistant space, the challenges she faced in launching her company, why a VA can be totally a game changer for businesses, and how you can get started as a VA if you've always wanted to explore the possibilities of a freelance career. If you want the tips, strategies, and stories that will inspire you to discover your dream career, listen to Gold Digger wherever you get your podcasts. I started hearing about and people using language around the next iteration of technology, which is what people are referring to as Web3. And whenever you're busy running a business or working in a nonprofit and doing really important work, it can really feel overwhelming to be like, I've got to learn a whole new thing. So that's why I am so excited for you today to hear from somebody who actually helps people with using Web3 technology technology, my marketing crush, Steph Taylor. I'm about to start the show. Hello, Hero Makers. Welcome to the Marketing Made Simple podcast powered by StoryBrand and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, where we believe your marketing should be easy and it should work. I am your host, Dr. JJ Peterson, and I am joined by my co-host, April Sunshine Hawkins. Hi, April. Hello, JJ. And hello, Hero Maker. April, do you remember when you first got email? Man, yes. <laughs> yes. Man, that was a really long time ago. It was. First email. I mean, I remember I had a handle. I'll spell it for you. F-R-A-U-L-E-I-N. Mm -hmm. I always have to spell it for people. Froline. 
Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Fraulein Sunshine, because <laughs> I was obsessed with the sound of music. Yes. And yes. So that, of course, was my first email handle that I can remember. Was Fraulein Sunshine. Fraulein Sunshine. <laughs> I remember using the words. I don't understand why anybody would ever use this. Okay. About email. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> because I was in college when the email did not exist before I was in college. That's how old I am. Um, and um, I remember my friend. And at the time, it cost like 15 cents to send an email. When oh, email was first developed, you paid. Really? Yeah. I do not have a recollection yeah, of you it You could get Juno. Money. Juno was free. Okay. But if you wanted to actually use regular ones without ads, then you had to pay like like 15 cents. And my friend, um, I had it and I was like, why wouldn't you just write a letter? I don't understand. (laughs) And she had a sister in London. And so it was cheaper to send an email than snail mail or regular mail at the time. And I remember, I remember like not wanting to get an email. I did not want it. I did not think it was going to catch on. (laughs) I did not think that anybody was going to use it. It did not make sense to me. And I was incredibly resistant to getting email. And I was just like, nope, nope, we don't need it. You've come quite a long way, (laughs) JJ, being a doctor who tells people (laughs) that they should use email. Should use emails. Yeah, I use email. (laughs) I know this is going to shock everybody every day. Every day I use email now, but in those early days, no, I was like, I am, I, I do not see the value of this. I know that's not now that I'm, I, it makes me sound very old because, you know, like I'm sure I probably sound like the people who right now are like, what's this TikTok thing that's happening? And these kids <laughs> dancing all the time, you know, like that's how I sounded when I was like in college, just like totally resistant to the new change in technology and how people were interacting. Oh, yeah. No, I I completely understand this. I mean, resistance to change is real and it can really feel overwhelming to be like, I've got to learn a whole new thing that now our society and our entire world is going to be embracing. And whenever you're busy running a business or working in a nonprofit and doing really important work to add another new thing into the mix that you're not you're like, is this going to be a thing that actually takes off or is this going to be a thing that I'm going to be wasting my time doing because it's not going to actually be like email (laughs) email? Oh, forget it. It's not going to (laughs) work. Like (laughs) who would want that? You know? I mean, technology does change so quickly. I mean, especially when you're in marketing, you know that like the way you send emails, how you interact on Facebook, how you use Instagram, all of that is changing all the time and you do have to keep up with it and it feels really overwhelming. But I started hearing about and people using language around kind of the next iteration of technology, which is what people are referring to as Web3. Oh, I love that we're talking about Web3. I'm really at the beginning of knowing what this is about. And that's why I'm excited for you to talk to Steph Taylor today. You got to meet her at the HubSpot event, right? I was at Inbound, the the HubSpot annual convention. And 
I was hearing so many people talk about Web3, and I'll be honest, I was a little embarrassed about my lack of knowledge of it (laughs) at the time. And Steph is somebody who actually helps marketers specifically use Web3 technology to not only add more value to their customers' lives, but really stay connected and build community through it. And so I wanted to bring her on and have just a very high-level discussion about Web3, primarily because because I bet there are a lot of listeners out there who have heard Web3 or maybe even haven't heard the phrase Web3 at all. And if you have or even have not, you're going to start hearing about it more and more and more. And I think for a lot of us, it feels really intimidating. And I want to start taking some of that stigma away and just say, hey, let's be a community who becomes curious about this because this is the next wave of technology that's coming in. We wanted to just bring it out and say, hey, this is something that you need to be aware of because the tools and technology that are going to be easily available, they're available now, but in the very near future, it's going to be more easily available to everybody. And I know it is going to radically change the way we interact with our customers and the value that we give them. So that's why I am so excited for you today to hear from my marketing crush, Steph Taylor. My first question is, when you say Web3, what does that mean? (laughs) Oh, I love this question. Because I'm a marketing nerd, first and foremost. And when I started hearing like a lot of people in the tech world, the Twitter world, all starting to talk about Web3, my initial reaction was, oh, this is too techie. I'm going to bury my head in the sand. And I forget what that actual turning point was. I think I saw some influencer that I followed who was talking about it from a perspective that wasn't like, you know, buy crypto and buy NFTs. And they actually started explaining some use cases. And that was what piqued my marketing brain. My marketing nerd brain was like, oh, hang on, this is going to actually impact the way I do business, the way I do marketing and the way my listeners, my audience, everybody else is doing marketing as well. So if we think about Web3, so coming back to what Web1 was, this is like back when you had your Windows 95 computer and you turned it on and you connected via dial up and you could load static pages. You could see a page that had information, but you couldn't really interact with it. There was no social media. You probably couldn't even comment on these pages that were there. Then came Web2. And this was, you know, MySpace initially, Facebook. Uh, now we have Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of the other platforms. And that is where we can consume content, but we can actually also contribute our own content. Back in 1995, if you wanted to put a website up, it was really hard. If you wanted to create a website, you had to buy a domain from a registrar. You had to build the website. Then you had to connect to an FTP and load it up. And it was not easy for your average person. But then Web2 made that possible. Somebody who didn't know all of the tech stuff could go out and interact. They could put things online. But the problem with Web2, and that's what we're predominantly using now, the problem with Web2 is it's owned by a couple of big players. It's owned by Facebook, it's owned by Google, uh, Amazon, you know, ByteDance owns uh, TikTok. These companies own the content that we're sharing on these platforms. They own our audiences. They control everything online. And Web3 is basically the solution to that. 
So then instead of an internet where a few corporations have all of the influence and they own everything, Web3 is actually where the platforms are owned by the people's the people who are using them, right? So if we think about it in terms of a community, the community itself is owned by the members. If we think of it in terms of a social media platform, it's owned by the people who are using it and it's governed by the people who are using it. So then if you think about it as the people who are using it now have a say in what kind of content they want to promote with the algorithm and what kind of content they want to demote, they can leave that platform and they can take their content and their audience with them, which I think is the biggest, that's the biggest game changer for marketers. Uh, because for so long, we've been at the whim of Instagram's algorithm changes. We've been at the whim of these platforms saying, actually, no, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have a platform. We're deleting you, or we're going to shadow ban you because we don't agree with what you're saying. And suddenly now these businesses have the opportunity to own their content and their audience, which I think is so powerful. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more in this episode. When you first started explaining Web3 to me, you were talking about NFTs and some of that kind of stuff. And we'll get into a little bit about how that works with what you're talking about. But what we're not talking about here is specifically like, I don't want people to turn off and go, oh, they're talking about Bitcoin and they're trying to like sell us crypto. And <laughs> how do we use crypto Absolutely to do our not. marketing? That's not what we're talking about here. You know, NFTs and tokens and content and being able to own space on the Internet that is separate from, like you said, Google and Facebook and using those kind of things. That's what we're talking about with Web3. It's that next generation of engagement with an audience and for creators. Amy Porterfield, one of her lines that I love that she said often is, you never want to build a business on rented property. And that Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, the things that we all currently use in the marketing world to reach our audiences are rented property. Yes. No, you're absolutely spot on. So, and I think it's important to come back to what you mentioned at the start, you know, yeah, we're not talking about, we're not trying to sell people on cryptocurrencies and NFTs. But it is really important that somebody understands an NFT is not, yes, we, the NFTs we see in the media are like the, the ones that sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars and those, that's the speculative asset. But actually NFTs as, a, um, as an actual uh, device or a tool, they all just represent ownership of something that is a digital asset. So if we think about like the physical world, right? You can own a property and you have a title deed or whatever you have over in the US, something that says, hey, this person owns this house and somebody down the street can't just come and say, hey, actually, no, I own this house. So that's essentially what an NFT is at its core is it's something that is showing on public record, hey, this person owns this digital asset. And where it gets really interesting is that digital asset can be a blog post. That digital asset can be your social media account. That digital asset can be your audience. So this is where now we're having that physical ownership rather than that renting of somebody else's land. You know, it's getting easier and easier and it'll get to a point where you're using Web3 technology and you're not realizing it. Yeah. And one of the things that you said that got me really excited was specifically talking around the idea of digital tokens, which really is our NFTs. And you were talking about how businesses and online communities can actually use digital tokens to connect with audience, to increase engagement, to track where they're at, and specifically how to use those in a marketing context and community building context. 
can you share a little bit with our listeners a little bit about, let's just kind of go. So for example, <laughs> using an NFT or a digital token in community, these are some of the things that are possible now and especially in the future. Absolutely. So I will give you a broad example and then maybe you can hit me with some like specific cases and we could talk about how we could apply it in that case. Perfect. So first, first example is, you know, so many online businesses, they have a community that is in Facebook because that was just the easiest place to go and build a community at the time. And again, that is now on rented land. And the way that Facebook Facebook's algorithm works is you don't always get to reach all of the people who are in your community, unfortunately. And they might not see all of the posts that are happening. And we're just seeing this getting worse and worse. And now you as that community owner, you don't really have much choice because if you choose to take your community elsewhere, let's say you're going to take it to Reddit, you are going to lose a significant number of those members. You are going to lose all of the past content that was in that community. It's not really something you can just get up and leave because you don't like the way that Facebook is behaving. And now when we look at tokenized communities, so communities that are founded around these people who all hold the same token, this is different because now they become something that you can move and they can um, they can be platformless essentially. So what that means now is everybody who holds the same NFT, the same token, they can be your community members. And that token might give them access to different elements of the community. You might have a community forum and to be able to access that forum, they have to hold that token. You might have a gated podcast that only community members can listen to. And to access that podcast, they have to validate that they hold that token. Uh, so it can be literally on any platform that supports this token gating. And there are more and more that are coming out there, are coming out in the online world. But now what's magical is that then if somebody decides that they want to transfer that token to a friend or they want to sell it, they can do that. And then suddenly their access to that community is restricted because it's not validating that they hold that token. So they, it becomes a lot more focused, less around the platform and more around the people who are holding those tokens. As a leader, it can be challenging to align your teams on a shared mission and goals for the year. But with HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that grows with your business and leaves your competition in the dust. Capture leads, boost sales, and engage customers all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at HubSpot.com slash MMS. And now back to the show. One of the NFTs that I hold, one of the communities that I'm in is called BFF. And their big thing is, you know, empowering women in Web3, teaching women, you know, these are the basics of Web3. This is how everything works. And what they have is you own a charm bracelet, a virtual charm bracelet, and then you can get little charms for doing extra activities. So for example, if you are on their email list, you get a little email shaped charm, which is really cute. Uh, if you, um, 
entered a particular giveaway, you can get a little charm. So you can actually reward people for taking those actions, which is awesome. I love, see, that's the kind of stuff when you were talking about, there's just so many opportunities there. And and so if somebody was interested in taking kind of this next level, who do they contact about this? Do they, are there just businesses? Can they learn it themselves? Who do they go to for these, to answer those questions? I, so I'm a big fan of always learning how to do things yourself, because even then, if you're going to hire somebody to do it, you know what to look out for and you know how to brief them and you know not that you're not going to get taken advantage of because they think, huh, this person knows nothing. We're just going to rip them off. Uh, so I always think learn the basics. Don't, you don't need to try and do it all yourself. There is enough. There are enough tools out there that if you wanted to do it yourself, you could, but there are also a lot of people who run agencies now building uh, these kinds of tools in Web3. There are people you can contract to do this for you. Just go and hang out on crypto Twitter for like five minutes and you'll find these people. But there are tools like ThirdWeb where it's a no-code builder for um, Web3 tools. So if you think about Bubble.io, which is like a no-code builder for any kind of product you want to build, any kind of software you want to build, essentially, Third Web is the Web3 version of that. Love it. I hope that all of our listeners are just kind of now, the main thing I wanted out of this is that when somebody heard Web3 that they didn't do like me and be like, oh yeah, I don't know what that is, or that's too much for me, but that they can kind of now start to be curious to try to learn more and just begin to dream about new ways and new things that could be possible, especially when it comes obviously to marketing and growing a business. I'm excited about where the future is headed. I still don't know a ton about it, but it I've become more and more curious and I w- that's why I wanted to bring you on. And so maybe just if you could kind of close us out with just a- even a little bit of encouragement for anybody out there who's like all of a sudden they've become a little curious based on this conversation themselves of just a little encouragement for them and something maybe they can step into uh, to kind of practically begin thinking about how to move forward with something like this. Absolutely. So I think my first piece of advice is don't get too caught up in the technical definitions of everything. It's really, I know it's such a rabbit hole that you can go down. And when I first started dabbling into this space and started learning about it, I mean, I created this like full on knowledge bank of all of the things I was learning and all of the technical definitions. And I've looked at it once, like you don't need to know all the technical definitions because the magic thing is there are people who are building tools that take, they, they use all this technology without you really even needing to know what anything is. So as long as you understand how it operates and you start to understand the basics of it, that's probably enough for you. Where you can get started, I would start by actually joining a community. So find, there are so many, so many communities out there. Start doing a little bit of research, do a little bit of exploring. Uh, Twitter is where a lot of these experts in the space hang out. Uh, So start interacting on there, start looking at what communities are out there. Join a couple and see how they work, see how they run, see how the experience, the flow of signing up for the community, accessing the community, um, accessing any other benefits and any other perks that they offer members, see how that all works. And then start thinking about how can I apply this to my business that's in a way that it's not Web3 for Web3's sake. We don't want to be like, hey, everybody, we're launching an NFT because it's a shiny NFT. We want to know why is this thing that we are creating, why does this need to be Web3? What benefit is it to our customers, our clients, our audience, our community? What benefit is it to them that it's Web3 technology rather than what they are currently using? 
So coming back to what is that value proposition and how is this going to look in your business? This is exactly why you are one of my marketing crushes. And I think what people need to understand is Web3 is here and it's here to stay. (laughs) Like this is the next evolution of technology and we can kind of dig our heels in and not ultimately be ready for this kind of new transformation or we can become curious and we can begin to learn about what possibilities this kind of new technology could bring. And we begin to implement that. I think, man, we can dream about so many things that this can do and open up for us that we just never even thought about before. And it's ultimately going to benefit not only our marketing and how we kind of engage with our customers and create new connection, but ultimately even new business. It can develop new business and new business opportunities for you. That to me is so important about this. Absolutely. And like you look at any kind of technology, right? And there's the adoption curve. And there's always the the early adopters, the early majority, the majority adopters. And historically with anything we've seen, with any kind of technology, we've seen that the early adopters tend to get outsized results from everybody else. And now Web3 is actually sort of more towards early majority. Um, But if we look at, you know, I'm going to use another marketing example. If we look at TikTok, when that came out, all of the marketers were like, I'm not touching that. That is for teenagers (laughs) who want to dance. Right. And then the, the marketers who jumped on that early, they've seen huge growth. I have a friend who I think she has about 300,000 followers on TikTok. And she says, if she was starting now, she would not have that same following because of that content saturation. And because it becomes the the rewards that those early adopters see, they don't happen once it starts to reach that majority. So yeah, you can bury your head in the sand or you can start to learn about it, start to think about how it's going to apply. And then when we do start to see it shifting towards the majority, you're already ahead of everybody. You already know how you can apply it and how you can start to see those results that others are still figuring out. You are genuinely the person who helped me become curious about this. And I know now you're going to be on everybody else's um, marketing crush list as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and and how can people hear more just from you and your podcast? Yes. So my podcast is Imperfect Action. Uh, you can find me anywhere that you get your podcasts. And over there, I share three episodes a week of bite-sized business and marketing strategy, essentially. And if you want to connect with me elsewhere online, I'm most active on Instagram. Reach out to me over there. I'm stephtaylor.co. And I love to hear from anybody who is listening to this show and anybody who is starting to dabble into Web3 and maybe also starting to be a little bit curious about it. Steph, thank you so much for challenging all of us to continue to be curious and not just kind of dig our heels in and be opposed to change, but really be open to what is on the horizon and how we can use that to not only grow our own businesses, but offer more value to our customers. And if you want to learn more from Steph, you can listen to her podcast, Imperfect Action. She's a part of the HubSpot Podcast Network, and you can find her wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are looking for a partner who is going to help you continue to stay on the cutting edge of marketing and continue to help you connect with your customers in new and exciting ways, you can actually hire a StoryBrand certified guide that will help you with your marketing and help you stay connected to your customers. Go to marketingmadesimple.com to hire a guide that will show you how to clarify your message and create marketing that works. 
Well, Hero Makers, it's time to apply everything you learned with this week's actionable step, a practical step from today's conversation you can immediately use to shape your marketing and clarify your message. When I went to the HubSpot Inbound Conference, I was so inspired. I learned so many new things. And what today's conversation really reminded me of is to stay curious, to not be afraid of where things are headed, what trends are coming up, what technologies are being introduced. I think so many of us get overwhelmed by all of this. And I'm telling you, I am included with this. And my first instinct is to often dig in my heels, to bury my head in the sand, and just keep doing what I've always done. But the reality is, there are so many new ways to connect with customers these days. There are so many new ways to offer more value to your customers. And we want to be a community. This Marketing Made Simple podcast community, we are people who are curious. We are people who continue to learn and continue to grow. And so today's conversation inspired me Immediately, I went and started looking at new groups that I could be a part of to learn more about Web3. I started reading articles about Web3, and I didn't go all, you know, (laughs) head over heels and that's all I do now. I just started dipping my toes in the water and continuing to be more curious and learn. So for today's actionable step, I want you to think about what is one area of business or marketing that you want to be more curious about? It doesn't have to be Web3, it can be Web3, but is there some area of marketing or business, whether maybe it's launching new products, maybe it's creating online courses, maybe it's just a matter of networking with people who are in your industry. What is some area that you have been curious about that you want to learn more about? And then what I want you to do is look for an event, a podcast, or an article that you can either download or be a part of that will help you continue to learn about this area of your business or marketing. If we continue to be people who are curious, continue to learn, it's not just about feeding our own ego and become smarter ourselves. What it really is about is getting better at business and better at marketing so we can connect with more customers and offer them more value. It is all about offering value to your customers and solving their problems and making them the hero. That's why we call you hero makers. So continue to be curious, hero makers, because it's going to change your life and it's going to change the life of your customers. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Marketing Made Simple. Thanks so much for listening and believing like us that your marketing should be easy and it should work. Follow Marketing Made Simple wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review the show, letting us know how these tips are clarifying your message and growing your business. We'll see you next week. Hey, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me. Go.